This is a Kitty Pod production. Yo, MF Doom, Mr. Fantastic, Mr. Fantastic, Villain. What up, nigga? Ain't nothing. What's the word? It's cracking, boy. Same old shit, kid. Man, rap snitches, man. Shit is bugged out, man. What the fuck, man? She's telling me. Niggas running their mouth, oh. telling anything, anything. Rap snitches, telling all their business Sit in the court and be their own star witness Do you see the perpetrator? Yeah, I'm right here, fuck around Get the whole label Welcome set up for years uh, Rap snitches, telling all their business Sit in the court and be their own star witness Do you see the perpetrator? My name, of course, and as always, is Jason Bullitt The regulator, innovator, dominator, creator A theta, posse, imitator, assassinator, baby I demand the hour, demand the power too sweet to be sour, Jack. And I'm coming to you from the rolling hills of Saratoga County, New York, Bullet House. I'm recording this intro on Thursday, the 7th of January, 2021. So that remains for me to wish you all. Merry New Year! In fact, in this whole episode, I'm going to tell you how I spent this coronavirus-laden holidays. I didn't get sick, thank goodness. Still alive and still fighting. Though there was one incident yesterday as I record this, where 2020. Hadn't completely been put in the rearview mirror. You'll find out why very shortly. I don't know if you can hear, but that's Otis the Wonder Dog in the background. Well, let's get on with the rest of the podcast here. Let me get my social media plugs in. You can find this podcast on Twitter at keep underscore podcast. My civilian Instagram is Jason underscore 51838. And there's also the Keep It To Yourself podcast Facebook page. And there is something else that you'll be wanting to check out. Coming up later on. Can't tell what it is. Okay, I teased in the last episode. We are on deck to have a Patreon going. But once it's fully up online, we'll get it out to you as soon as we can. A little change in the usual beginning of this show, this first of the year. I didn't know about this till the end of 2020. We had the passing of MF Doom, and in his memory, even though he passed on Halloween, played you into my favorite song and the only song that I know from him called Rap Snitch Knishes. So that played you into the first episode of the new year. Machi, machi, I'm telling you, man. Ugh. I don't know what to tell you. I'm recording this, as I said, 7th of Jan, 2021. We are 24 plus hours removed from what is properly termed an armed insurrection at the White House. Not the White House, the U.S. Capitol building. Apologies for that. Get your facts straight, Bullsy. Anyway, it was, uh, you don't need to tell you how it was. How it all went down, there was a vote in the United States Congress to certify the elections of the presidential election from last fall. All of a sudden, right in the middle of the whole damn show, a group of thugs and domestic terrorists, let's not dignify them by saying protesters, because they were anything but. They went in, stormed the Capitol. One guy was spotted in Speaker Nancy Pelosi's office, and there was all sorts of mayhem. One woman got killed, unfortunately. Got gunned down right there in the Capitol. That was shameful sight. All this was going on. The Capitol Police didn't do Shiite to quell the rioters. Say, hey, get out of here. Come on. We're trying to do the people's business. You're interfering with it. Get out. We'll force you out. You're under arrest and all that. It was just a shameful day for this country. I'm sad to be an American. Lee Greenwood can go fuck himself with that proud stuff. Once the smoke had cleared and everything got back to some semblance of normalcy, the Congress went in to certify the elections in favor of Joe Biden, who will be inaugurated in just under two weeks' time as this is being recorded. And there were calls in the immediate aftermath 
to invoke the 25th Amendment and have Trump go through an impeachment trial again removed from office immediately. And there have been no uh, action as far as that. I mean, my dad signed a petition on Facebook. He shared it, and I wound up signing it as well. And he called me, don't be sharing that kind of stuff because of somebody my age. I'm like, I don't like him any worse than you do or any better. But that's just what happened right there. I'm sad to hear what happened. Uh, Tease in peace to the family and colleagues of that woman who got shot in the Capitol building. Normally, as you have figured out, this would be the vanity portion, but this is going to be the entire basis of this week's episode. So stay tuned for that. And I got some football stuff coming here. But we're going to take you back to history now. As this is episode 115 of the Kitty Pod. We're going to take it back to the year 2015. Hit it, maestro. Well, gang, now that the history lesson's over, we're going to take it back to the more recent past. And then we'll get back to the present. And by the recent past, I mean what I did this holiday season, such as it was given the pandemic and everything. We're going to start with the Saturday before Christmas. That was the 19th. I was off work that day, as I have been every other Saturday. Actually, every Saturday, not like the beginning of the year. And I said, well, sometime before this event happened, I think it was about a week or two before, I texted some of my friends from high school, and these were former guests of the Keep It To Yourself podcast, to do a little virtual holiday celebration and podcast recording. Now, obviously, being in public in such big numbers in almost confined spaces is really out of the question at this point. And hopefully it won't be for a while longer with the whole vaccine and everything. So I decided, well, if we can't together, if we can't get together. Hello. Earl Clark again. What was I saying? Oh, yeah. So with bars not being a good place to be at the moment, I decided, well, I'm going to have to take it to the Internet. And I said, hey, do you want to hit up the old Zoom Zooms for a holiday celebration slash podcast recording? I said, heck, yeah, we're doing it. And the response was really great. So I had Cynthia Jennings Maywalt, whom you may recall from episode 109. Jim Perello from the previous two holiday shit fest, actually 2018 and the previous July, that raucous affair in the Lost Tapes. Holly Sampson was there for a hot minute. Jeff DeRossi joined in from Hawaii. Derek Pedrick joined in layers. I was about to wrap it up with those four, so I had to do the old reset button. And it was a bit of a rough trip because I sent everybody the I should have sent everybody the link rather, and I clicked on the join meeting or start meeting link on Zoom on my laptop. And then it got to be a complete shit show afterwards. Like, everybody ready to record? And they said, wait, you're... They said I was in another meeting. I'm like, wow, fuck this shit. So Cynthia had to go to her work Zoom. She has a big job with Nike. And we let her take care of business. So there you have it right there. So she got the host. I made her the co-host in the show notes. But we had a great time. Just before we were set to record... The doorbell rang. I'm like, what could be the trouble before 8 o'clock on a Saturday night? Well, I found out that Jim Perillo, this is on you, but if you're listening, actually, thanks for it. He asked me for my address. I thought, oh, he forgot to 
You forgot my address so you could send me a Christmas card. Nope. Wound up ordering a cake for my birthday. Hot cocoa cake. It was so good. Got from this place up in Stillwater, I found out, called... I don't know the name offhand. I forgot. It was in the show notes to the last episode. But in any event, I thought it was a great gesture by them. Had the cake as I was recording. And there you go right there. That was the holiday shit fest wrapped up around 9.45, 10 o'clock. Wonderful time. Hope you got to enjoy that episode. Once again, to those who participate in this episode, thank you. And I hope you all had a nice holiday season given the circumstances. It was a lot of fun, even with the technical snafus that I unwittingly put you all through. And thanks for the cake too, Jim Perello. Big ups to you. Hopefully we can get an in-person wedding ceremony for you and Fifi in 2021, if not later on. Anywho's, it's thus came the last Sunday morning before Christmas, and after watching CBS Sunday morning, I made my way into Troy. Now, I did not go downtown, but rather I went to the Troy Waterfront Farmer's Market. Now, a little explanation here. When I've gone in the before times, I've done it in the winter and it was the Troy Atrium that was the setting. Rest of the year, it would be either down on River Street or this past summer, they were at Waterfront Park. On this occasion, I think because of the pandemic or maybe because they're doing renovations in the Troy Atrium or both, the Waterfront Market's winter location has been moved to the former Price Chopper in Lansingburg, which used to be a city unto itself. Then it became a part of Troy annexed in 1900. All right, that's the history lesson over, and you're second for the show. So I went in. You have to go one way and go out the other. Well, I went in. All the vendors were set up inside the former supermarket. Little booth set up. I got, like, lavender iced coffee, which was all right. Had that the next morning. In the middle of winter, well, I didn't get very much for consumables. That was the only thing I got. Then there was the Troy Public Library. They have friends thereof, this little charitable organization. They had a whole bunch of used books, and they had what was considered a pay-what-you-think-is-fair model. So I got this book about Ben and Jerry's, and I figured, well, $1 would be good. So put that in there, wished a Merry Christmas, walked out the door. And that was it. It was a nice, quiet Sunday. Had Santa Claus come through, thanks to our local fire department. That's always the Wonder Dog, in case you're wondering who's making all that ruckus. Hey, quiet down, Austin. I'm trying to record a podcast here. Anyway... So that was it. Worked the rest of the week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. My dad and his companion were home for Christmas Eve. They spent that with us. Had lasagna. That was a lasagna. We had that for Christmas Day. Spoilers. Prime rib was on the menu for Christmas Eve night. Did not go over to my sister's house like we've done in past years. Stayed home, watched Jeopardy, took it easy. And then Christmas Day came. And here's a bit of a twist. Normally, in years past, when I was growing up in man and boy, I opened presents around early in the morning or midday. That was the more trend that was a trend more in recent years. Well, there was quite a twist that happened with this Christmas. Around nine o'clock in the morning, my dad and his companion went to celebrate Christmas with the latter half of the relationship's family. In North Thames, Massachusetts. So in two separate stints, I was left home alone. On Christmas Day, you poor thing, I hear you say. Well, I wasn't Lonesome Joe McGee for the whole day. 
My sister invited me over to lunch at her place at around 11 o'clock, had great stuff to eat, meatloaf and that. It was all good. Hung out for a while. About 1.30 in the afternoon, I left to go home. And then I was lonesome Joe McGee until later that afternoon when Dad and Nancy came home. That's my dad's companion. Then the rest of the family came over later that afternoon, early that evening. That's when we slept on the lasagna. And then wound up sitting around the tree with an NFL football game playing on television. Open presents. Got a box of lactate. No socks this time, you'll be glad to know. Bunch of gift cards. And more presents than I can remember right now. I didn't get a whole bunch of stuff. I'm at that age now where I don't ask for a lot. But it was good. Took the rest of that week off. And nothing really happened. Took it easy the rest of the holiday weekend. And then had the house to myself Tuesday night into Wednesday morning. Dad and Nancy came back Wednesday night. New Year's Eve night. Normally I would go to my friend Dave Lazarus and his place for a New Year's party, but again, pandemic, had a virtual meetup instead the night before, and so New Year's Eve night, or at least the early portion thereof, was spent doing a first-time thing in the holidays. Now, in New York's capital region's chief city, Albany, and also New York State capital city, there is a big lights display you can just drive through called Capital Holiday Lights in the Park. It's in Washington Park in Albany. You go in and for a nominal fee, not not too bad and reasonably priced. You're supporting the city's police athletic league. And you go right through Washington Park. There's all these big lights displays. You drive right through them. It's really great. Well, with not much going on this holiday season due to the pandemic, me, my dad, his companion, and my nephew Hunter, eight and a half years old, all piled in the car. My brother-in-law dropped them off, obviously. I thought we were going to come pick them up at the house and we'll drive off from there. But all four of us rode in the car. Well, my dad drove. All three of us rode, to be perfectly honest with you. Had a little trouble getting there. Thanks to Google Maps. Almost got to a dead end, so dad had to make the old K-turn in the middle of this road thankfully there weren't any other cars lined up we'd have wrecked the car for darn sure then we had to swing on a couple of side streets and there we were at the entrance to this thing didn't open until six o'clock so all the cars were waiting in line to go in when zero hour approached now we couldn't pay right at the booth there with the pandemic so we had to buy the tickets in advance which we did the night before so all four of us rode through the lights display was really great. Got to do this for the first time. Heard so much about it. And that's how we wrapped up the dreadful year 2020. Made it home. Did a little solo party. Went through my smart TV. Hit the Apple TV app and watched the Three Stooges. Now, I may have mentioned this in an earlier episode, but back in the day when we had cable television, we got three independent stations on the cable. Channels 9 and 11. Make it that what you will, out of New York City and Channel 38 out of Boston. In the latter case, they were famous for many years. I don't know if they still do this nowadays, but way back when, they would air three Stooges shorts on New Year's Eve. And I remember watching them as a kid. First time ever I watched Mo, Larry, and Curly. 
do their thing. They didn't put any with Shemp on New Year's Eve. Only the best to mark the end of one year and the beginning of another. And those bad boys would go till 2 o'clock in the morning. I remember one year I had me and two other friends of mine from middle school, Tim Bright and Jim Sears, we had a sleepover that one night. We're watching the ball drop. Meanwhile, upstairs in my room, I'm recording the Three Stooges Marathon from Channel 38 WSBK out of Boston. So there you have it. So I didn't watch them the whole night. I did not watch the ball drop from Times Square, the audienceless, crowdless ball drop from Times Square. I had my iPhone there. I like, I'm counting down with Otis the Wonder Dog. We're up in my room. Rang in 2021. I don't think I went to bed till 12.30 that night. Woke up the first morning of 2021. It was close to 8 o'clock. I did not go to the casino because just like bars, casinos are not the best places to go right now. So later on in the morning, I went and got my first ever car wash at this local place. So the Clifton Country Car Wash gave them the shout. And then my annual visit to Northshire Bookstore. Now, nowhere as generous with the Northshire Bookstore gift card as compared to last year. So instead, it was $50 rather than $100. I had two extra books that I wanted to purchase. And I said, oh, crap, I thought it was $100. It's $50, the gift card. I just remembered. Thank goodness the cashier didn't ring those books up before I put them back. So... I did before the cash had a chance to add them onto my bill. I paid $70. Well, I used the gift card, then I used my debit card to pay off the balance. So I got some great books. I got one of these little collections of short stories. One side's in French, the other's in English, help you learn the language. I got this book about the Nexium cult, which I'm looking to use as part of the research for my true crime podcast, CR Crime, give them the plug. I did not do the Sapphire Terry episodes I had promised on the interwebs, hopefully next year, or this year now, as is the case. We'll do Sapphire Terry. I wanted to end the year with that as a Christmas special, but that's not going to be the case. We'll do that in the end of 2021. But it was a book by this woman who got to witness the... the her, she was part of this Nexium cult with Keith Ranieri, and she got to testify against him at his trial. So a nice little witness account from one person who unfortunately was there under bad circumstances. And also got a thing of Vermince as well. So that was just awesome sauce on that whole deal. I think I got a third book. I forgot what it was now. But anyway, doesn't matter. Went to North Shire Bookstore, gave myself a time limit of 15 minutes because of the pandemic and everything, occupancy limits, try to slow the spread, wore my mask, of course, as everybody should be doing, especially with this new strain out and about now here in New York State. Somebody's at this jewelry store downtown, got the variant that was first discovered over in Britain. All right, side tangent over. So just went home and just chillaxed the rest of the day. And that was it, folks. That was the holiday season. Pretty quiet. You know, I didn't have the Winter Classic. The Rose Parade was off this year. No Winter Classic because of the delayed start to the NHL regular season. And speaking of sports...
here we are, gang. 2015. I mentioned in one episode of my sister podcast, CR Crime, that 2015 was the last of the good years. You'll find out in subsequent episodes why that is. But that's not to say 2015 had its bad moments. The Islamic State of Iraq and the Levant or ISIS, boy, they had themselves a year or what? Back on January 6th, the 6th anniversary of which was earlier this week as I record this, it was a massacre at the Charlie Hebdo magazine, the satirical publication over in France. Massive attack there, but of course, it was nothing compared to what happened towards the end of 2015. The terrorist bombings in three locations in Paris. Right outside the Stade de France where the French national football team were playing a friendly. That's uh, soccer for you folks. And also outside this concert hall with this band called the Eagles of Death Metal. We're having a concert. Another location. Just sad times all around. And speaking of Paris, there's some good that came out of France. The Paris Climate Agreement came into being in 2015. We wouldn't last long, but hopefully we'll be back there with the incoming administration here in the United States. Speaking of bad news, back on to that. Two shootings of note here in the States back in June. There was a shooting at a church in Charleston, South Carolina. I remember Barack Obama when he was president saying a memorial service, saying Amazing Grace. That was quite a moment. And then December 2nd, there was a shooting at an office in San Bernardino, California, leading to more calls for gun control. You know, stop this kind of madness. Well, on a more positive note, the old hometown, Saratoga Springs, New York, celebrated 100 years of cityhood. The spa city was all fat in 2015. And being a somebody who grew up in Saratoga, it's really in my marrow. I went up there and attended as many events as I could. I even took the day off work to go attend Saratoga Centennial Day at the track because it was free admission. And what a time it was. We're going to debuts here. We're just going pretty quick because we got a pretty dense episode here. So we're going to speed through this. The Adirondack Thunder of the East Coast Hockey League made their debut. Hockey resumed in Glens Falls after some years' absence. They replaced the Adirondack Flames of the American Hockey League. I was still listening to Jay Moore Sports at the time, so I missed the opportunity to head north and yell, Come on, Flames! Flame harder! Speaking of debuts, if you're a fan of old game shows, the Buzzer Network came into being. This is one of those digital sub-channel networks you have like old game shows, like Match Game, older versions of The Price is Right, and some you've not heard of. I don't know why I listed this as a debut, but up in Canada, there was a big election. Justin Trudeau was elected as prime minister. There was another event in Canada. We'll get to that later on. Oh, before I get to the obits and the rest of all this, I played you into Sam Smith. It was number six on the Billboard Hot 100 this week, ending July, not July, whoops, <laughs> warp speed. January 9th, 2015, I'm Not the Only One from the album In the Lonely Hour. Sam Smith. At his peak fame, late 2014, early 2015. Well, we got a lot of obits in 2015. A lot of luminaries passed this year, as is the case every year. The year started off with the passing of Mario Cuomo, just hours after his son was inaugurated for a second term as governor of my home state of New York. Hours later, Mario Cuomo passes away. Stuart Scott. I remember watching ESPN, ESPN Sports Center back in the day. Sorry for the stutter step there 
And Stuart Scott and Rich Eisen were one of my favorite pairings. Stuart Scott brought his own little uh, niche, uh, for lack of a better term, to the Sports Center anchor desk. Booyah! Mojo! Can I get a little bit? And sadly, he was battling cancer the previous year at the ESPYs. He won the Arthur Ashe Award, gave this great speech, and sadly, six months later, he passes away. I remember on the NFL Network, Rich Eisen gave this emotional tribute to Stuart Scott, his former partner and colleague. Andre Crouch, gospel singer of renown, passed in 2015. Joined the Choir Invisible, copyright Monty Python. Donna Douglas also passed away in 2015. We lost Ellie Mae Clampett from the Beverly Hillbillies. Taylor Negron, actor. His cousin was a member of the band Three Dog Night. Ernie Banks, Mr. Cub. Let's play two. Legendary member of the Chicago Cubs. He passed in 2015. Staying in sports, Dean Smith. A legend in college basketball. Coached the University of North Carolina men's basketball team to many championships. Had great players like... Michael Jordan, heard of him. And he was also the coach in 1993 when they won the NCAA championship when Chris Weber of Michigan accidentally called timeout. Unbeknownst to him that Michigan didn't have any timeouts left. Earl Lloyd, speaking of basketball, he was the first African-American player in the NBA, the Jackie Robinson of basketball. Anthony Mason, I remember him when he was on those New York Knicks, New York Knicks teams in the 1990s. Knicks are relevant again, at least they're in the conversation. At least, like, well, are they legit? So, <laughs> they step up. <laughs> Leonard Nimoy, live long and prosper. We lost Mr. Spock in 2015. Mini Minoso. When I was a younger person, I remember going to this dollar store and just buying this book about the Chicago White Sox called Who's on Third? And Mini Minoso's name came up a good deal, especially 1959, part of that team that Went to the World Series. Lost to the Dodgers, though. Sam Simon. This is the man who produced The Simpsons, one of the longest-running shows in television history. Stan Freeberg, speaking of comedy, a satirist of the highest order. Again, when I was a younger person, I had Stan Freeberg presents the United States of America, Volume 2 on CD, which was an update from Volume 1, which he did back in the 1960s. Guys like Dawes Butler and June Foray, they were part of the troupe. Richard Dysart, you may remember him from L.A. Law. Al Molinaro from Happy Days. He was the guy who ran Al's Diner. Fonzie and them hung out. That was a big hang for them. James Bass, we lost Sheriff Roscoe P. Coltrane of Dukes of Hazzard in 2015. Benny King, there is a road in Spanish Harlem. He also sang Stand By Me, too. He was no relation to B.B. King, legendary blues musician. Sawyer Sweeten. You may not know who this person was, but he was a child actor, and he was one of Ray Romano's kids on Everybody Loves Raymond. Oh, he's dead? No, no. Deborah, no. James Horner, a film composer. I think he did the theme from Titanic, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong. You can Google it and let me know what he did. The professional wrestling world lost two luminaries one of whom his voice graces every episode, or most every episode of the Keep It To Yourself podcast, will off the American dream, doth the rose, daddy. Demand the hour, woo, too sweet to be sour, Jack. And speaking of wrestlers who could cut promos like nobody's business, Rowdy Roddy Piper is certainly up there too. He was one of the greatest to do it, in my opinion.
While getting out of professional wrestling, Jack Carter, an actor and comic. I remember listening to Gilbert Gottfried's Amazing Colossal Podcast. I started listening to that in 2015. And there is an oft-told story that Gilbert wanted Jack Carter as one of their guests. Jack's wife told him, well, you better get him quick. He could go any day. And he did in 2015, sadly. Omar Sharif, a legendary actor of the big screen. Joan Leslie, too. Great actress as well. Dickie Moore. He was the last child actor of the silent era, so he hung out until 2015, God bless him. Oliver Sacks, neurologist. I remember one of the last things I did for mom before she passed away, two years later, 2017, was when I went to North Shore Bookstore during one of my many trips up there, I said, well, I'll get this for mom. It was a book by Oliver Sacks, the title of which escapes me right now. I think it was called Memoirs. He published that before he passed away. I'll give that to mom. That and Ernest Hemingway after I was done reading it called A Movable Feast. So I remember he's there. He was also a subject of the 1993 Robin Williams, Robert De Niro classic Awakenings. Yvonne Craig, we lost Batgirl in 2015. Bobby Brown, the daughter of Bobby Brown and Whitney Houston. She joined her mother in the afterlife. Jackie Collins, novelist of high regard. Maureen O'Hara, another legend of the silver screen. Going back to sports now, Yogi Berra, legendary catcher with the New York Yankees. One of the more dominant teams of the 20th century. Had those great quotes like, if you see a fork in the road, take it. Flip Saunders, NBA coach, Minnesota Timberwolves. That's how I remember him. Fred Dalton Thompson, this is a guy who was a United States Senator representing Tennessee who later became an actor in one of the Law & Order shows that are part of that franchise. Robert Loggia, actor of 1970s films. Two more NBA players left us in 2015, Dolph Shays and Jim Loskatoff. little trivia here, Jim Loskatoff played with the Boston Celtics. He, he wore number 18. But he saved it for Dave Cowan, so when it came time for his number to be raised to the Raptors of the Boston Garden, his nickname was put up there. It said Losky, L-O-S-C-Y. The band Motorhead suffered two significant losses. Phil Taylor, their drummer, but towards the end of 15, Lemmy, the lead singer, the frontman of that band, also left us. Ellsworth Kelly, artist, pop art in the 1960s. Wayne Rogers, we lost the original Trapper John M.D. He passed in 2015. Haskell Wexler, cinema, cinematographer. I don't know why I put him in there. And Natalie Cole towards the end of 2015. Right at the tail end of 2015. I didn't hear about until 2016. Kind of weird when you die on New Year's Eve. All right, moving on to Pop Culture Corner to wrap up this segment. Into the world of sports now, the Kansas City Royals won their first World Series title since the days of George Brett and Brett Saberhagen and Don Dankinger helping them out. <laughs> no Don Dankinger involved in 2015 when they beat the Mets. The New England Patriots with a wild ending to their Super Bowl championship. I remember watching there was this almighty punch-up that broke out 
after the Pats took a knee. The Golden State Warriors started their era of dominance in the NBA, winning their first NBA championship in 40 years. Meanwhile, the Chicago Blackhawks continued their dynasty, but unfortunately, it's been their last Stanley Cup in quite a while. In 2015, that was the last time they got to haul Lord Stanley's Cup around the ice. Back to Canada, this was the year the Women's World Cup Team USA stormed it north of the border. Ohio State won the NCAA Football Championship. It was their first since the days of a man by the name of Woody Hayes roaming the sidelines, just doing all sorts of stuff. Meanwhile, Duke won yet another NCAA Basketball Championship. Grayson Allen, anyone? Going to the cinema, remember that? The top winner at the Oscars for Best Picture was Birdman, or The Unexpected Virtue of Ignorance, as is its full title. Won four awards out of the nine categories in which it was nominated. The Michael Keaton vehicle, but the top grossing film that year was Jurassic World, doing over half a billion dollars, $652 million to be exact. And the Grammys, we started with Sam Smith, we're going to end with Sam Smith. The best record was Stay With Me. We played you into I'm Not the Only One, as I stated previously. But Beck took home the honors for best album for Morning Phase. And that will do it for 2015. Now back to 2021. Hold on one second. Before we get there, got to give the pot shout-outs in quickly because we've got a lot of football to talk about here. We're going to start with the Sportscaster Steve Bennett's podcast wrapped up its 10th season. John Wertheim and Jeff Duncan were the guests out there on the big show. And i got to mention his side project, Steve and Dave Rollins, the 24-inch podcast celebrating the career of Hulk Hogan. This episode focused on his big angle with the Iron Sheik. Sheik it, baby. Put you in camo crutch. Make you humble. And speaking of wrestling, greetings from Allentown. Congratulations to Peter Winston. That podcast recently celebrated its 200th episode. Big ups to you, Petey. And quite a diversion, broke down the 1987 Slammy Awards in all its weird, almost dated goodness. That was a fun episode. Do check it out. The Break It Down Show, Pete A. Turner, John Leon Guerrero, starting 2021 off with a bang. And they had some guests, Dr. Kevin Hickerson with a great episode, mostly about coronavirus, but other things in the science world. James Rickards about currency wards and and currency wars too, and also the Great Depression, which is seemingly going to make what happened in 1929 look like amateur night. And also one that I've yet to listen to, I'm going to plead ignorance, a member of the Stray Cats. Remember them from the 1980s? Well, one of the members, not Brian Setzer, but another guy. This one by the name of Slim Jim Phantom. He was on the show, too, so have a listen to all those podcasts. Happy New Year to my podcasting brethren. And speaking of podcasts, you can listen to this one on iTunes, on Apple Podcasts, one in the same, Google Play, Spotify, all the usual places. And there's also my true crime podcast, CR Crime. I recently dropped an episode about Karen Ely and how she murdered her husband with some help from a random stranger, not a friend. So check those podcasts out. All right, folks, we're going to wrap it up here and now with the, well, I can't call it the Super Six Pigskin Picks. So the Stone Cold Locks of the Century of the Week. But we're taking a different format. We did individual games this past year because we weren't sure how the 
pandemic was going to affect the college slate, and it did, by golly. So much so we ignored it entirely. But, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to stick with the pros here. Sure, next Monday is going to be the national title game, Alabama and Ohio State. But we're going to focus on the pro game here, and it is super wild card weekend. The NFL, in their infinite wisdom, has decided to tweak the format for the postseason. And now there's going to be six, count them, six games for your consumption this Saturday and Sunday. And you're really going to enjoy them. Well, I'm going to make picks for every single stinking one of these bad boys. So I think we're right to call it the Super Six Pigskin Picks. Bring that back for one week only. Now we're going to go through the schedule in chronological order. Normally I start AFC, then NFC. But we're going to go in chronological order because of the sheer volume. So without any let hindrance further delay and all that, let us get to your official plays for Super Wildcard Weekend 2021. Maestro? All right, we're going to start with the first game on the entire slate, the Buffalo Bills, back in the playoffs for the first time since, I believe, 2018. Actually, I believe this is the third year in a row, third time in four years. This is a team of my childhood, ladies and gentlemen, and things haven't been this good in Western New York. Hello, Steve Bennett, once again. Since your story was in great school, and those Bills teams that bend but don't break defense, Jim Kelly quarterback, they were a ton. This Buffalo Bills team of 2020-2021, 30 years removed from their first ever Super Bowl appearance. Uh, how did that go again? They are looking good. They won the AL East Division Championship recently, coming with a record of 12-4. and four. Best record they've had in a long, long time since those teams with more of as head coach. The Bills, unfortunately, have not been able to play in front of fans in upstate New York. New Airfield has been devoid of fans. They're going to try and get about 6,700 in for this game on Saturday against the Indianapolis Colts. Bills Mafia kind of making a comeback here. It's not going to be a loud stadium, but hopefully the crowd will make it so. Pre-adolescent yours truly is screaming his jeans at the mention of this. Has been this good since he was young. And by he, I mean me. Phillip Rivers on the Indianapolis side. He's been kind of a non-factor for Indianapolis who's coming over from the Chargers. So it's kind of an eh defense. So Bills Mafia kind of back in the house. Either way, the Bills minus six and a half. I'm taking them in the opener for the playoff round. The curtain raiser, if you will. All right, mid-afternoon. The Seattle Seahawks against the Los Angeles Rams. No fans in the stands at all for this game either. There's questions on the Rams side of the equation. Is Jared Goff going to be a quarterback? Who's going to be under center for the blue and gold? However, Seattle's offense hasn't been setting the world on fire either, especially with a veteran like Russell Wilson, a quarterback. I haven't done this in a while. The line is four and a half, but for the first time in many, many months, I'm going to... And finally, wrapping up the Saturday slate, 
It's the Washington football team hosting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The WFT got lucky in winning the NFC East. The Giants, being a Giants fan, I was disappointed. They did their part. They beat the Cowboys in the season finale last Sunday. However, the Philadelphia Eagles, shout out Adam Parada and Bill Moen and New Glens Falls Green Jackets head coach Steve Johnson. Eagles wound up spoiling the party by losing to Washington. Come on, Doug Peterson. Why you got to pull Jalen Hurts out of there? Jeez. Get this Sudfield or whatever that guy's name is. Tampa Bay, well, they've been a big disappointment during the regular season, even with guys like Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski. Heard of any of them. But less so given the NFC East with the Washington football team. But even so, I'm taking the Bucks minus the number, even without Mike Evans and his injury. All right, moving on to the Sunday slate. Here's the curtain raiser for the large day. Tennessee Titans hosting Baltimore in the early afternoon game. The Titans' defensive unit and their special teams, they've been a bit of an issue during the regular season from what I hear. Meanwhile, the Ravens, well, they haven't had their problems, too. Well, they've been without having a problem, or something like that. Well, they've been having their own issues as well, what I'm trying to say. They'll hopefully have Lamar Jackson back on the center off the COVID-19 list, if he's not there already. So putting all things together, the Ravens are going to win, but... I'm going to put the Titans in the cover. The line, three and a half, looks like it's going to be possible. It's going to be a close game. All right, second to last game of the weekend. The Monsters of the Midway. The Chicago Bears hosting the New Orleans Saints. Drew Brees and his broken rib combo are going to be hitting the road. They're hitting the Windy City. They're going to take on Bob Bears and Mitchell Trubisky. Oh, boy, what kind of hilarious game, too, there. Alvin Kamara looks like he's going to be in action, so look out. I'm not going to mess with the line. It's the New Orleans Saints straight up. And finally, and I certainly mean it, we've got a classic AFC Central, now AFC North rivalry. The Pittsburgh Steelers and the Cleveland Browns? Huh? Who'd have thunk it? Two top teams in the American Football Conference. Kind of the return of the dog pound. It's going to be rocking, even though there's not going to be as many people in it, thanks to this gall-dang pandemic. Despite Obadell Beckham Jr., the Browns have had the best season they've had since 2002. In fact, this is their first playoff appearance since 2002. Going 0-16 for the year, looks like it's in the rearview mirror. Seems so long ago, but then again, what is? But then again, I'm going to have my doubts about the Browns. Baker Mayfield, he can't have more advertisements on television then he's had playoff appearances. It just doesn't seem right. But then again, the Pittsburgh Steelers, they've had a disappointing season themselves. They started 8-0, undefeated. Looks like they were going to absolutely storm it. They couldn't beat COVID, and they couldn't beat the Washington football team. But even so, I'm going to take the Pittsburgh Steelers minus the number. So to recap, everybody, get ready. Got a lengthy one here. Buffalo minus the points against Indy, six in the hook. Rams in an upset, plus four and a half. Tampa Bay, minus two and a half. Actually, seven and a half here. I can't read my, I can read, read, and I can't read. Brighton. Baltimore wins, but Tennessee will cover. New Orleans straight up. And in the finale, Pittsburgh, minus three and a half. And there are your Super Six pigskin picks for one week only under that title. And that is going to do it for a somewhat lengthy episode of the Keep It To Yourself podcast, number 115 in the series. I appreciate you listening. 
I really enjoy doing this podcast. I hope all of you have a happy, safe, and let's hope for a way better 2021 than we did in 2020. I mean, how bad could it get, really, despite what happened this past week? You're probably noticing a little different music under my little outro bit. And that's because normally I play, in most episodes, Feeling All Around by Washed Out. Also, Wonder Dog is here to say his goodbyes as well. Or this week, or however long it is. This is something I discovered off View from the Cheap Seats, the end of the year mixtape episode. And it's a song called Confirmation by a group called Westerman. It's a great little song. I was checking that out during the holiday break. I'm going to play it under my words here as I get ready to sign off. I hope all of you are well out there, staying safe, staying healthy, staying home as much as possible. If you have to go out for any reason, wear a fucking mask, will you? Keep the support coming. I'll talk to you on the next one, whatever that may be. And as always, and above all else, wait for it. Wait for it. Keep smiling. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. That's a tough question to ask me, isn't it?